guys welcome back um well after this small break it was like three weeks i think i'm not that sure but well i'm super excited that we're back again in a new location which is in my opinion even better it's it's really pretty and there are a lot of cool lights here but well i will make a small introduction uh so uh well i'm my name is claudia and this is the real talk with clau where i talk about uh topics mainly concerning uh sexism uh body positivity issues and all those social expectations with which we have to deal pretty much every day uh and i will try to create a a pretty comfort uh, zone for you guys and normalize all those topics mm. When it comes to the music, it's pretty chaotic. It really depends uh, on how am I feeling <laughs> the, this particular day. But today we'll go with more of a chill uh, music. Um, so yeah, I hope you will like it and you liked already the first song, uh, which was called Again by the uh, George Kaplan. Um, I really, I really like him and the, yeah, the, the whole song. And um, today's topic will be uh, a little bit different because I was inspired by my course that I'm taking uh, right now, which is called Disruptive Innovation. And I will talk about the future technology and uh, talk more about it from the psychological part. So why people are so scared about that. But uh, we'll get to that after the next song, which is called Hometown by French 79. So enjoy.
and that was Hometown by French 79. So let's start with our uh, today's topic, um, which is about disruptive innovation. Uh, so maybe let's give a small definition. What is that? Uh, well, disruptive innovation is um, something that is that was invented that completely changed the pattern that was uh, that was like already existing before. So, for example, internet was a disruptive innovation because it was revolutionary. It completely changed everyone's uh, life, and Yeah, so it's or for example computers or phones. So these are ty- examples of disruptive innovation. But um, my topic will be more today about the uh, even more technological things. So uh, concerning AI, robots, cyborgs, uh, which we talk about like during this course that I told you before, and. Um, It's very important, I think, to uh, talk about that because there is a lot of issues and concerns regarding this uh, developing technology because of the fact that, uh, well, let's um, let's start with that, that people are very, usually they're a little bit uh, unsure of unknown and they are scared about things when they when they don't know it before, which makes it hard to uh, implement all those new disruptive innovations and like all those technologies uh, because people are usually not so eager to actually adapt to it. But maybe before like starting to uh, talk about like those all the negative concerns and how um, well the companies uh, that are inventing those things should tackle them let's uh, start from the more positive side so actually of course uh, technologies can bring a lot of anxiety but mainly <laughs> there is also a lot of positive aspects for that and um, one of them is well first of all that there is the uh, there is the artificial intelligence that was that is being created And it has a huge like potential impact on the job market, which can um, help people with actually working and functioning, such as like this chat GPT, which uh, can give you so many like ideas and give you like some pattern of how to write things properly or how to find something super easily, which just makes uh, our life overall um, easier. Then the other example of uh, the future technology is like the development of the advanced biotechnology and this ge- whole like aspect of the genetic engineering that has re- re- really a big potential to revolutionize medicine and improve human health, which I think it's very important and high on demand. Always like human health is high on uh, on demand. So that's re- a really positive uh, aspect. And for and the third example is the um, the older autonomous vehicles, uh, which have a huge huge potential on the road safety, uh, because for example, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration reports, yes, I gathered some statistics. Uh, there are three thirty six thousand deaths caused by motor vehicles uh, in the U.S which shows that if the um, there would be like a development of autonomous vehicles, 
it could significantly reduce these numbers. But of course, like there are also like concerns uh, here specifically about uh, the ethical part. So if they will be uh, automized, like the biggest issue I know now that comp- like that those companies need to tackle is, for example, when there will be an accident, like when there will be an emerging accident, the vehicle have to like now decide who they have to like who have to be injured, uh, which is obviously like now done by the human, and like they decided. But now, if they will be automized, it has to be already like uh, inserted in the vehicle beforehand. So now you have to kind of decide like what should be their program and like how they should be programmed, which is very hard because I think the situations are so different and it really depends on the whole context. But yeah, that's one of the biggest concerns here. But still, I would say that uh, technology has a lot of like positive uh, and uh, very revolutionary uh, impact on our society. But yeah, there, which is which we could be happy about. But yes, there is always like some concerns and issues, which wa- which I will um, say about after the next song. Uh, which is called On Division Saint uh, by Nation of Language. So enjoy.
You're listening to Slim Radio. Slim Radio Live. And that was on Division uh, Street by Nation of Language. Um, and we are back on Slim Radio on Real Talk with Clau. So let's start with the um, one of the first uh, concerns that... Uh, people have towards overall like the disruptive technology innovation because I will just say uh, the like main five uh, consumer uh, like beha- general consumer behavior characteristics that affect like this diffusion and the the adaptation of those technologies but obviously if you would go more into details it uh like it depends on each subject because they're so broad like robots and ai are something completely different so of course like different aspects uh depend just on a different uh, like technological area but i will uh like mention those main five ones uh, but i still want to add up to the uh thing that i said before is that people are very like anxious about the unknown and well why is that because we like to have the routine we uh, associated with the comfort and safety uh, aspects so uh, that's why like like very easy example that's why when you are home and or like you come home to your family and your friends you feel very secure and safe and for example when you travel alone in i don't know asia like you really go out of your comfort zone and you feel a a little bit threatened and anxious because everything is just new and you just need some time to adapt to it but once you adapt to that everything is like kind of going back to your comfort zone but yeah like this there is this important aspect of adaptation which is very hard with the uh, new technology because people are not so eager to do it so well in some sort of ways uh, it needs to be solved in order to uh, diffuse it but one of the first uh, characteristics uh, that affect this diffusion is the habituation and the sense of familiarity so as i literally said um, now in this like small introduction uh, it's the it's all about this like fear of unknown um because yeah people like their habits habits people uh like trust more the things that they're family familiarized with so even for example when you like it's also like with people so you trust way more your friends and you know that they won't do anything to you than like some random person on the street right of course i'm just saying it on average because people defer and yeah and you some people maybe they like trust as much um like to the random person on the street as much as to their friends of course but i'm just saying on average and well how comp like how the those new technologies can actually tackle it to familiarize people uh with it um when it's still not common well we can see uh one of the like Uh, theories that we that could be mentioned here is called the technology acceptance model which says that individuals intention to use a new technology is influenced by their perceived usefulness and ease of use 
So what it means is that uh, in order for people to be more eager and motivated to actually use those technologies, if there is the if there is the high demand for that, so if there if they will in like produce or present some uh, product, I don't know, like some implants, uh, robots or or I don't know, like some uh, en- like human enhancement that where there is no demand for that people will not be so eager to use it because they will think like why if i can just do uh the things as i used to do so we come back to this habits to this sense of familiarity and trust etc so if there is actually a high demand for that and people are looking for it uh, and then you wonderfully present this product that like hey yes we can uh, manage your all concerns and issues about that by this like new disruptive innovation then people are way more motivated to use this so um yeah (laughs) you should really um really watch out for what what are the consumer needs and desires and try to be like both proactive and more reactive but just don't like like it shouldn't be like that that the new technology should be uh, invented out of the blue that like no one wants it no one needs it but they still present it it's kind of pointless it's the same as with marketing and like all the products that are being uh, presented like you need to have uh, some demand in order for it to be sold so well it's similar here and that could be one of the like ways to tackle that Uh, I will also mention another way to do it but after the next song which is called um, She by The Blaze
and that was she by the place also i really like this artist i think my friend introduced it to me uh, like three years ago uh, with the song called brazil i don't know if you know it guys but i, I will also play it um on this uh, show and it was really amazing i think it it gives a really good vibe <laughs> I feel when I always say that it gives a really good, a good vibe, it's so basic, but it does, guys, it does. So I hope you also uh, enjoyed it as much as I, I do. But yeah, let's uh, go with the uh, other aspects for uh, this habi- habituality in the sense of familiarity. So um, I will say now like the n- other theory, which is called the diffusion of innovation theory. And it also, uh, of course, uh, applies to all like new products because it suggests that, uh, well, let's start from the fact that when we are introduced to something new, there are people uh, which are like called innovators who like invent it and also the early adopters, which are people who are the most like encouraged and eager to uh, use those technologies uh, or like those products so they do it and they then it spreads like to other people through those early adopters which is like like they are called the majority and then the laggards so like people who are like the least and like motivated and encouraged to use that but in the end like maybe they will also use it so it's some sort of like nice societal diffusion (laughs) of the of the like new product or technology um so yeah like this is so in the main aim of this like innovation theory like this diffusion of innovation theory is that as i said already like the adoption of new products technologies follows like a pretty predictable pattern where they're like uh like again like innovators early adopters majority and then laggards so if um, people who invent uh, something new and they want to, um, well, present it to the society and uh, hopefully um, that they will use it. Under Then understanding this pattern can really help them to develop strategies uh, for introducing new technologies and also addressing concerns because usually when there is some issue with the product that is like very, like, visible it will be already noticed by early adopters so thanks to that like uh it's kind of like they will do give them feedback and companies can um hopefully easily uh re rearrange that or reshape that or just change something to uh, improve it and properly um and then properly try to diffuse it again in the society so uh yeah that's why like it's very important to know that which um it's again can be literally applied to all also other fields including marketing one sorry then like again man- mentioning the marketing aspect i'm just studying it so that's why like in my head i i just see a lot of like very similar uh, or uh to be honest exactly the same patterns uh so yes you can also like it's very also important in the marketing aspect and um so yeah like by saying uh this how can you familiarize people well first of all um it's good to like know this like pattern of how introduction of the products works uh then also it's uh 
pretty important that there is a demand for uh, the product that is being presented. And I will mention also the third last uh, theory uh, concerning the habituality, but it will be after the next song, uh, which is called uh, Diamond Veins uh, by French 79. So it's I already put French 79, but the song was called Hometown. Now it's Diamond Veins. So I hope you will like it too. Take my 
Slim Radio. Slim, Slim Radio. Slim Radio. Slim, Slim Radio. And we're back on Real Talk with Clau on, you can guess it's Slim Radio. <laughs> mm. And, well, now I will uh, say the last um, theory that um, concerns the habituality, which is called the social learning theory. Mm. And the theory suggests that individuals learn by <coughs> observing the behavior of others. Again, it can be applied everywhere. It's literally the I think the perfect example is with children. So they learn everything um, since they're little by observing the others. So but mainly by observing their parents, but then their colleagues, teachers, the whole environment surrounding them. Um, and uh, that's why, like, to address those, like, concerns over the new technologies, it can be, like, very helpful to provide examples of how others have successfully used the technology and to just create those opportunities for individuals to observe and learn from others because it really works um, as creating some sort of comfort zone and um, adding to that for uh, like to like giving the another example for example <laughs> for example example uh, giving the uh, other situation is that when there that um, it works the same as if in influencer marketing or endorser marketing overall, uh, which is based on the fact that companies hire uh, the endorsers, which are, for example, celebrities or influencers, and they, of course, pay them and um, like in and then the influencers or celebrities promote the products. And why do they use those type of people? Well, because um, people trust them and they already uh, like it's a, some sort of a comfort zone, like comfort zone for them, those people. And um, they perceive them as like honest and authentic, of course, like to some point. Um, but it's like the, the way what they say, like the whole message and what they show, uh, people are way more likely to believe in that than when they would see a traditional ad in the television. So that's why um, influencer marketing is so developing right now, because it showed that it's very, very useful and successful. And with here, with this, uh, and this is literally the social learning theory because it's based on the fact that well, people, uh, some famous people show the product and show how they use it uh, what are the consequences what are the benefits of that and they just try to familiarize uh, a new product uh, with their audience and here it uh, it works literally the same um so the like companies or people who are uh, like presenting those new technologies should really really think about how to make it uh, like more observable for um, for the audience for the early adopters and then for the majority uh, so that can like so that people will be just surrounded by it and kind of subconsciously also will um, treat it as something like trustworthy and credible so um, that would be pretty useful I would say um, for them 
So in the in like conclusion of the first point, um, the problem with the new technologies is the sense of the lack of the sense of familiarity. But it can be tackled uh, first of all if there is a like like the product needs to be like need to address a pretty high demand for that. Second of all, um, the companies need to really know uh, the whole diffusion pattern and how to properly manage that and also um, how to make it uh, more visible um, for the others so that they can learn through the observations. And now uh, we'll also go to the second aspect of the of those consumer behavior characteristics, but after the next song, uh, which is called The Sun by Mid. Enjoy.
that was the Sun by Med. I think it gives you, uh, <laughs> I would say vibe, <laughs> but it, but it's really. Um, and then when I he- when I hear the song, I have like very summer associations. And oh yeah, guys, like mm, I didn't talk about uh, the weather because it's a day. It's not a daily, but like it's a like I I usually talk about it on each show. Well, I'm a little bit uh, irritated uh, by the weather because, of course, uh, it's nice and it's sunny, but it's so cold and it's so windy. Today, when I was trying to bike, uh, I couldn't because the bike was stopped by the wind. So fun times. I love when I'm like back to Poland and someone says that, oh, it's so windy. Mm. Like you can't properly be outside. I'm like, oh no! Like you haven't <laughs> you haven't been to the Netherlands, so literally it's nothing. But going to the like second uh, aspect of the uh, issues with the diffusion is the perceived control. So of course, um, let's be honest. People uh, really like to have uh, usually things under control because it gives them some sort of like security and safety and they're just more sure uh, about what will gonna happen and what they're doing uh, I will give another wonderful example mm, for example <laughs> I will give another uh, wonderful example for instance uh, cooking so um, usually when you don't know uh, what you want to eat you go for this easier way so you go for I don't know mm, like pasta with pesto and tomatoes that you usually do because you just know it you know what will be the result and you kind of have have it under control uh, in quotation marks but then going for something completely new and not being sure if you will um, if you will like like it if it will be tasty or not of course it is still associated to this whole habituation and sense of familiarity but after the whole uh like the all the things that i will mention you will see that all those five aspects are very uh, interconnected with each other but um going with that um, the first aspect uh, and theory that needs to be mentioned here is the self-determination theory which suggests that uh, individuals are motivated by a desire to satisfy their psychological needs for autonomy, competence and relatedness. And to address those concerns over new technologies, it is very important to provide individuals with a sense of control and choice over how they use the technology and to provide those opportunities for learning and growth and to promote social connections and relationships. I know it was a pretty long sentence, uh, but I will try to explain it in easier words. So what it means is that, well, um, people want to um, achieve their psychological needs and... um, well, and like they, they have a very high motivation to do it, to do it, and they are very um, eager to tackle it. So, if the technologies uh, that are like being introduced will also tackle and help to achieve those uh, those psychological needs, then people will be more eager to do it. And um, so that's why it's super important that 
um, that the te- technologies will include this part of this uh, perceived control. And um, for instance, I will I can give the like the situations that we had today in the morning. So uh, for this course that I have, this, this uh, which is called disruptive innovation, we had to um, think about. Uh, some new technology and our topic was about cyborgs uh, which as we I think all know um, people are kind of like anxious and weirded out by um, like cyborgs so uh, and and the issue is and we wanted to um, introduce a stress release implant which is based on the uh, fact that you insert in the at uh, the doctor appointment an implant into your skin, and uh, it measures your cortisol level over time in order to see what is your stress level, and then based on that um, analysis, um, the app because the implant will be connected to the app will measure if uh, if like your stress level is too high, and if it is, you have the option to uh, like to release the stress immediately. Uh, by clicking a button, uh, and then it diffuses the implant diffuses substances uh, which will um, lower the stress level in your body. Uh, pretty cool. Also, we've had comments that it's pretty creepy, <laughs> but um, I think it's interesting. But what I like, why I mentioned that is that here it's a like our biggest challenge was this perceived control because people are already kind of weirded out and anxious when they have to inject something into their body. So we were thinking, how can we do it? How can we like, lo- no, increase this uh, perceived control? And we did that through um, this stress release button. So we showed people that even though like the implant is inside of their body, they still have the control about the things that what this implant can release. So... Um, well, hopefully, <laughs> if it would exist, uh, maybe it will like increase the number of people who would want to try that. But it's all about, again, uh, listening to the consumers, knowing their needs and desires and wants, and then adapting it to the new technology. So it's just very important to be thoughtful about what the society says. It cannot be that it's one-sided, because now the whole control... Um, and the power of uh, what the product should be and what is the demand is more on the co- uh, customer side because before that it was more on the um, like the the companies. So now it's it's switching, and that's why it's also like very very important to kind of give what the customer wants, uh, but uh, which is like a proactive way to do it. Uh, no reactive, sorry, reactive way to do it, but also you should also always be proactive. So kind of assume like what the people would want to know, like or have or the desires. But this is a comp- like this is a little bit an, of another pot- a topic. What I just mean is that it's um, like by addressing those psychological needs for autonomy, competence, and relatedness. And giving people like this sense of control uh, and choice over how they use the technology, it really makes it more uh, easily diffused in the society. And coming up next will be, oh, it will be hard for me to pronounce, but I will try. It's called Petit Garçon, hopefully uh, I said it right, uh, by Mille de Mont. 
Tag. No, this I didn't say right, but I hope you will like the song. That was Petit Garçon. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope you uh, I hope you like the song. Um, the other uh, theory and like the aspect that I want to mention about the perceived uh, control is 
risk perception theory. So it suggests, uh, it's well, it talks about the fact that individuals always evaluate risks based on the combination of factors, including the perceived severity and the likelihood of the risk, uh, like the benefits of the activity and the controllability of the risk. And um, it's all about the fact also that we have um, uh, two types of consumers, uh, which are uh, called the, like their promotion focused or prevention focused. And um, promotion focused people, they're mo- more um, I didn't want to say focus again, but uh, their main aim is about all those like uh, benefits and gains and everything and like all those like positive aspects. And uh, even though there is some risk, they are still uh, able like an up to take it uh, for those like uh, gains and like those positive consequences. However, the and this is their main aim and goal. However, the prevention focus, they're more focusing on avoiding the risk. So um, they're more anxious, and they they like they try to uh, perform behaviors and actions which will avoid the risk. And uh, like those two types of consumers, of course, uh, both of them um, evaluate um, what is the risk of the um, possible behavior or action, and then based on that, they either perform it or not. So uh, because of that. It's very important for the um, new products and this, like those all disruptive innovations, to provide accurate and transparent information about the potential risks and to develop strategies to minimize those risks. So, um, you know, all those like uh, products that were scams or something like this that uh, you were introduced to, I don't know, some crazy good um, hair product that will change your hair forever for like the like that it will like the the difference before and after using these products are so significant and crazy that everyone wants to use it but then it turns out that they're using some super harsh chemicals which actually in the longer term uh, affect very badly your health Uh, which shows that they weren't uh, fully transparent about the ingredients of their of the hair product and it um, well results in the fact that people just don't buy it anymore because it became very very untrustworthy and this is very hard uh, when uh, like the company or brand loses um, trust it's very hard to rebuild it so it's better not to do it and actually be since the beginning pretty transparent and i will give another example again with the project that we had today it's that um of course, uh, it is an implant, so we were very open about the fact that, well, you have to inject it and uh, it could hurt. <laughs> so uh, we just wanted to say like both the, like, the benefits of it, but also the potential drawbacks, because for some people, uh, the fact that it would held, hurt during the injection is way too much, which is fair and understandable, but it's just all about this transparency and uh, accurate information because thanks to that people just uh, people make more uh, informed decisions and more like aware decisions if you could say so uh, which gives them some sort of like perceived uh, control because they feel that they gathered all the like 
possible and potential data and information about the product to decide whether to use it or not, which gives them like a quote-unquote full control uh, of um, the, f- the further steps. So uh, that's pretty important to do it and uh, companies and uh, people inventing um, the new disruptive innovations should really, really think about it. Because um, also thanks to that, it um, if we would go even like further, it can um, create and start to build like the whole loyalty towards the product. Because if you earn the trust, which is, to be honest, one of the most important factors for uh, the diffu- like the diffusion in, uh, of the products in the society, then it's really easy to like create and maintain the whole relationship with that and the loyalty. Um, so that's why I'm like what I'm saying is that it's very very useful to even though you have some like minuses uh, of those technologies, it's still worth uh, mentioning it since the beginning. And the next song that I will play is called again, uh, not not called, but it will. It's again by the Blaze uh, because I already put the the runway and she by the Blaze, and uh, this song is called Territory.
that was Territory by The Blaze. Um, I will say now the um, last theory of the um, concerning the perceived control uh, aspect. But to be honest, when I was thinking about it now, it can be literally applied to all of the um, aspects, which is called the cognitive dissonance theory. So um, it says that uh, individuals experience discomfort when their beliefs or behaviors conflict with one, an with one another. And I'm pretty sure each of us uh, have cognitive dissonance sorry cognitive dissonance pretty much every day because it's even about like super small things that you go to the supermarket and um you see that i don't know your favorite pasta is missing so now what do you have to do like you either go to another shop to look for a, like the same pasta that you like you you know and you enjoy or you go with a completely new one that you just don't know which creates some sort of like conflict in your mind and some sort of yes you can guess it uh, correctly cognitive dissonance and of course this example is a uh, very simple like like simple but i hope you you know you get what i mean and uh well the solution here is um, again pretty s uh, similar to this uh, to the one uh, before about the risks is that in order to address those concerns over the new technologies it is again very like important to provide accurate and really reliable information for the individuals and to address any misconceptions or misunderstandings uh, that may be contributing to the to those concerns so that um um, for instance, with the our uh, project that we had today about the stress release implant, uh, well, there is a lot of cognitive dissonance coming from there, I'm pretty sure, because of the fact that, well, it's um, it, 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 it will be injected in your body, which already, like, makes people very, like, weirded out and creates the, like, the, the anxiety and fear. Uh, of that so it's very important to but on the other side yeah this is one of the like your belief and concern but then on the other side there is this need and also believe that it would be so nice to have the stress release button and so much easier in your life sometimes because obviously like we get tired uh, when we are like chronically stressed uh, so it would be a perfect uh, addition to our life and to our body if we could like immediately release the stress and suddenly feel relaxed so there are those two conflicting beliefs and um, it creates this cognitive dissonance in your mind so that's why it's very very important for the companies and people inventing and presenting those like uh, those new technologies to show the whole like all like reliable and accurate information and to really really address those misunderstandings and those misconceptions about the new product because then maybe hopefully um those two beliefs will start to align with each other and reduce the cognitive dissonance maybe not fully 
but to some level that people will be actually eager and motivated to use it. So um, that's a pretty useful thing. And um, that would be uh, the whole like uh, description of the second uh, characteristic. So to sum up again, it was about the perceived control and how the companies can tackle it well by addressing the uh, reliable and accurate information. So like just trying to be as transparent as possible and also to really address uh, the like basic psychological needs such as autonomy, competence and re- relatedness uh, because people are way more motivated to achieve them. So if the technologies allow them or help them to achieve that, they will be more eager to use it. Um, coming up next uh, will be the song called Intro by Elephants. And that was intro by Elephants. Pretty short song because uh, only two minutes, but I think worth listening. <laughs> um, the third par- uh, aspect that I will mention uh, today is uh, about privacy issues. So, um, of course, um, new technologies uh, which are are usually like connected to um, a lot of your devices are collecting a lot of your personal data. And well, that's <laughs> a privacy issue, also an ethical issue, because to what extent can you actually gather the 
and collect the personal data, to what extent like a person can agree to that and to what extent the person is aware that the, uh, that the data is collected. So um, so this is the, the concern, which is actually also about like all social media platforms or other websites. And I think the biggest problem here is that people are so like often distanced to this new technology because they say that like yeah but like it will gather so much of my data but they didn't don't they then then they don't realize fully that their data their data is already very much gathered and collected by all other things uh, like such as Facebook Instagram blah 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 you always like have to give an informed consent about their regulations where they specifically say that they will gather your personal data and you immediately by one click just agree to that you don't even read it it's all those like uh, regulations that are in this super small font and they are very very long which well on the legal side is uh, shows that yeah they showed you the whole regulation uh, about that but you just don't even even read it i don't know anyone who read it <laughs> so so you just accept it and you don't think about it that Actually, sometimes some of the um, websites and platforms can really see almost everything on your phone. So that's a big issue. And I don't think it's addressed enough uh, nowadays. Um, but then on the other side, you people are still so uh, anxious about using, I don't know, like uh, those robots or AI because of this of this privacy aspect which is a little bit weird if you would think about it um but well how the um, companies can tackle that well firstly i think uh, the easiest way is just through the informed consent so it would be the same that if they present uh, to you a new product or well, it has to be something has to be downloaded on your phone or injected in your body, such as like those human enhancements. Uh, then you always have to give the informed consent where everything is uh, written out, what they will, what the app will be doing, what the implant will be doing, what the robot will be doing, AI, etc., etc. And um, people just uh, need to sign it. So um, technically, you would say that since the beginning, they're very much aware of what, what type of data is collected and whatnot. But in practice, well, it's a little bit more problematic um, as it is now with like the social media platforms because still sometimes people are so surprised uh, and so unaware about how much data is actually gathered and collected from their phones, computers, etc. So, um, well, in, on the legal side, you would say that just through the informed consent, the uh, problem with the privacy issue is actually solved. But of course, the problem is uh, way, way deeper and more, um, like, more difficult. So it's sometimes, like, very hard to properly, like, address this aspect. But I will give uh, maybe, like, I will give another solution to that after the next song, which is called The Space In Between. Uh, by Jan Blomquist.
solution to solve the like privacy issue is that again i would really emphasize transparency and um would really specifically and openly say uh what the uh technology will do and what it will collect and what not and i'm not talking only about like the irregulations and the fact that people will sign it uh, up because um, well usually they just don't read it so I would try to like in some sort of way like through uh, communication strategy really emphasize again all the things that the app will do which can go both ways to be honest because on one side people will be very very aware which will also by the way increase their perceived control of that but and they can be more encouraged and feel that this technology can be relied on because of this transparency but on the other side it can be so transparent that people actually will get scared and weirded out because they will be like oh my god this actually collects this amount of data about me i'm too scared i don't want to do it so then there is an issue and to be honest, um, sometimes it shows that like the lack of transparency um, works better. And I would say uh, like the, this type of strategy is being used by all the social media platforms. And I know that like, again, we could argue that in theory, they are very transparent about the amount and what data they collect uh, through those regulations that you need to sign in. Uh, when you're starting, uh, well, when you're downloading the app. But on the other side, as I already said, uh, people don't read it. So I don't feel that they're so transparent about that. And as I said, I know a lot of people who uh, were so shocked and surprised by the amount of data that, I don't know, Facebook collects from your phone or Instagram so I wouldn't say that they're so transparent uh, about all the privacy aspects. So, yeah, as I said, um, I would, and also based on the previous theories that I mentioned to you guys, I would still emphasize the, like, and be very clear about what is being collected and what not. So that would be my solution plus this informed consent which of course also it's the legal part of this like you need to consent but yeah in order to ju just be more fair towards people i would also include those communication in the communication strategies those messages about the mm, clear and transparent um uh, like the whole like transparency about what is being collected and what not. And that's the fourth uh, aspect uh, that needs to be tackled during the diffusion of the technologies. And coming up next is, uh, <laughs> like regarding the songs, is called uh, Pieces by Avion.
back uh, to the fourth um, aspect of the concerning the diffusion is the uh, job replacement threat so um, well the people like okay so there is uh, it's like there are statistics and the researchers already about it that it's obvious that uh, by some time some jobs will be replaced by the robots, which is called the bot sourcing. So it's the use of robots or robotic technology to replace human workers. And it will happen. Um, and it's also, of course, um, already happening. So it's not something uh, new. 
but um, it's according to again I would give some statistics to the re- r- report by McKinsey up to eight like eight <laughs> hundred million jobs could be displaced by automation and artificial intelligence by two thousand and thirty. So why these like while these technologies have the potential to of course increase productivity and efficiency and give a lot of like positive benefits, they also like raise Oh, like the whole concerns of the job displacements and the need for retraining and reskilling workers. So some uh, jobs, to be honest, won't exist anymore because they will be already replaced by the robots and robotic technologies, which is very understandable why they raise so many concerns uh, in the society. And... Well, in order to... Uh, like, let's start also with the fact that People, uh, when it comes to the innovation adoption, people prefer the bot sourcing for cognition than emotion-oriented tasks. So, for example, um, people would be way more eager and motivated to have a robot that is about that will work as a tax lawyer than, for example, a person a psychologist, right? Because Usually we don't associate, like, the main things that are lacking for us in robots is this, like, lack of um, being human. So, like, this all the uh, emotional part and empathetic part. So uh, that's why uh, people are not so eager to go with the robots that are emotion-oriented. And uh, also the, like, the... So that would be uh, one thing that should be addressed when uh, concerning this aspect. And also that's why uh, in the communication design for those new products, um, the companies and innovators should really frame a task as more cognition-oriented in order to increase the support for bot sourcing. And um, people will just express like a greater comfort with both sourcing for a robot that appears um, like like more uh, focused on the cognition part. But also um, what's important is the uh, theory that is called the um, theory of uh, body views. Which I will like, which I will mention and explain in a second by the next after the next song, which is called "You and Me," uh, Flume Remix by Disclosure. Thank you. 
And that was You and Me uh, by Flumeri Remix by the Disclosure. Um, I was wondering also now that actually I would say that the job replacement thread is kind of the hardest uh, out of all those five aspects because there is really few solutions to that or I would even argue if I don't know if there are any. For sure there are, but the problem is that like the job replacements are happening and they are so like the whole bot sourcing is happening and it will be even more in the future. So it's pretty hard to solve it because you it can go both ways. Either you adapt the bot sourcing or you do not. But due to the still higher like demands of some aspects it it people just strive for the efficiency and a higher productivity and also like that everything will be just made faster so or quicker and without uh, like those and they want to reduce the human like mistakes so that's why they will still acquire the bot, bot sourcing so it's pretty hard to um to tackle that i feel you can only uh, tackle the way whether people will be more prepared for that or not and this comes back to the habituality and the sense of familiarity with those bots um so there is not like a proper solution i would say for that but for sure i would still go for the uh, bot sourcing that are cognition oriented and also very important aspect but actually this is this applies to all the um dimensions that i uh, mentioned are the target is the target audience because there are some cultures such as uh, japanese ones that are way more eager to use technology and to use robots than um others that are more uh, traditional So it's also very important to know the characteristics of your targeted audience and to properly segment the whole market in order to know who should be the early adopters of the newly presented product because then it will be easier to um for the other countries that are not so eager to use the new technology to adopt it. And the next song that is coming will be called uh, well not will be called is called uh, Paris by uh, Kungs.
to Slim Radio. Slim Radio Live. And we're back on Real Talk with Clau. And we're coming to our last um, aspect that I will mention today. Um, and this is the whole threat to the human identity. So, as I already mentioned before, um, the issue is that for us, um, like we really, of course, as humans, we really, really value all those like emotions, feelings, and actual reactions um, of people when we talk with them, interact with them. We feel then that the whole interaction is very natural and human-like, which is the um, issue uh, with the robots, for example, uh, that is lacking. That like still the companies are trying to make as natural and as human-like robot as possible so that people will not feel anxious, weirded out or creeped out by it. I don't know if you know the robot called Sophie. Uh, there is a really cool interview about that on YouTube with, with the robot. And it's um, she looks like a human and she also has uh, like facial expressions like a human but still there is some misalignments with all her expressions and the way she's supposed to be natural which actually makes it even more creepy and you're even more weirded out because it looks so much like a human but you still visibly see and feel and hear that it's not a human which creates this huge uh, distance and fear of of the like of those types of technologies and people are but like now we have 2023 and i would st- say that like the that 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 the technology is devel- developing a lot and and it's on a very already high level so people are very afraid what will happen in the future because of course the technology will develop more and more and in case of the robots the robots will become more and more human like that i feel at one point in the future they will just resemble humans so much that people will be just not able to uh, differentiate actual people from the robots which creates the whole threat of the human identity because people are afraid that they will just lose themselves if you could say it like that and how to solve that that's another issue with it you can in my opinion the solutions for that is just to talking about it and again familiarize it uh, more with uh, to the whole society and just try to show it that it's not as creepy as you think it is and that still the human identity will be preserved. But it's uh, again, we are coming back to the point of this feeling of unknown and and the fact that the people are just not um, familiarized uh, with it, so thus they don't trust it. And I would say that it's the only like um, fair solution to do it through the communication design and proper messages which can come for example from experts people uh, so that people know that those people are actually very knowledgeable about those fields and they know what they're saying 
and not like I don't know some influencers or celebrities that they have no clue what you're saying but they're just saying it because they've been paid by the companies you know what I mean so um, I think that would be the best option and well uh, I we I would say um, I ended here the like talking about all the characteristics that affect the diffusion of the disruptive innovations, which let's uh, sum up is again, habituation, perceived control, privacy issue, job replacement threat, and threat to the human identity. And of course, as I said, I'm talking about it on average. And what are the... uh, like the problems with it and how to tackle it. But of course, it depends on so many factors. Even the biggest factor is that it literally even depends on the um, which country is the, like the company wants to target. Because for example, there are some uh, societies that are very uncertainty avoidant. And there are some other societies who are who are not so like uh, so who do not avoid so much risk and they are more eager to actually try new things. So it's just very important to get to know uh, the possible uh, segments that would be your potential to uh, target custom uh, target audience. And also the other factor is, for example, the like age, because of course younger people are more easily adaptive to the new things than older generations so it's just a lot of a lot of aspects that need to be considered and need to be mentioned and addressed in order to try to make the diffusion as smooth and as easy as possible because as i already said and as i as it's been mentioned before in this area it's actually pretty hard to make people uh, want to use it but it's still possible and i feel it can be solved, maybe not to like, not fully, but to some extent that people will actually be motivated and will have will feel this need to try it out, to use it. So after like some repeated uh, actions, they will be already like trusting it and, and not being afraid to use uh, other technologies. And uh, the one of the last songs that I will play is called Cola by Camel Fat and Elder Brook. Got paid for the night in. She's heading for the light. But she sees the vision going. Cup line after line. See how she looks in trouble. She dances and she sips a Coca Cola. She gets up differences. That's what you're coming for, but they don't wanna let you in. And you drop your back to the floor and you're asking what's happening. It's getting late now, hey now. Enough of the arguments. But she sips a Coca Cola. She can't tell the difference yet. That's what you're coming for, but we don't wanna let you in it. 
That was Cola by uh, Kaimel Fat, and well, I hope you guys enjoyed the today's live show. It was a little bit different, uh, but I I hope you still enjoyed it, and maybe you learned something, because I was trying to give as much um, like theories and info as possible, and um, well, since we are back um, now, the the shows will be a little bit different because they will be each two weeks. So I hope you guys liked it enough to uh, join me again in two weeks and uh, between, again, uh, 2 and 4 p.m. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it and see you. And also the next song, like the last song that I will play is called Queens by the Blaze. So enjoy and bye bye. Listening to Slim Radio. Slim Radio.
Slim Radio.